has been educating and inspiring individuals, entrepreneurs, and leaders for decades. He's helped millions of people to move past the mental barriers that were holding them back from stepping to their power to become a better version of themselves and live a kick-ass life. I know this firsthand as I'm Jenny, Dan's wife. And here's your host, Dan Locke. Going from ex-NFL cheerleader to breaking every single sales record at a Fortune 500 company, Kelly Roach joins Dan today to share her story of turning around companies, being an athlete, and closing sales for some of the largest companies in the world. Now, here's Dan and Kelly. Welcome to another episode of the Dan Locke Show. Today, I am super excited. We're going to talk about the two of my favorite subjects, high-performance team, how to build a high-performance team, and sales. We're going to talk about sales. We're going to talk about closing. Today, I have a very good friend of mine. Today's guest is an ex-NFL cheerleader, speaker, and ultra-successful superwoman. Not just a woman, superwoman, saleswoman, and entrepreneur. She's helped her clients train high-performance teams and sport places in their businesses where they have been leaking profits. We're going to talk about how to pluck those, like, leak, you have a leaky bucket, leaking profits, how to pluck those holes. Kelly, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. Uh, Kelly, I always, always want to talk about, I'm always curious about anyone's like, background, right? How did you get into like, what you do today? Talk to us a little bit about your athletic background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I grew up, there were five kids in my family. Um, we always struggled financially. And so I kind of was that kid that I always had these big goals and these big ideas. I just didn't have the money to fund it. So um, growing up, I had this grand vision of, you know, training at the best dance school in, in the tri-state area. And I had this big dream of training at the best gymnastics gym in the area that Olympians, you know, graduated and went on from. And that was not in the realm of possibility for my family. So at a very young age, I literally was doing all sorts of odd jobs to earn money. Uh, but most notably, you know, I started scrubbing floors in the dance studio and cleaning after school. Wow. And I went to the owner of the gymnastics gym that I wanted to train. In and I said, listen, you know, I'm a kid, I don't have any money, you know, but I can come up with, you know, this babysitting and being a gatekeeper at the pool, would you be willing to go halves with me? And I think he thought I was so crazy that he actually did it. He was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll go halves with you. So I ended up getting to train at these amazing institutions growing up for dance and gymnastics. And when I went to college, I knew that I was going to have to basically, you know, self-fund payback debt. Um, I was not like an A-plus student that was going to get scholarships places. I studied really, really hard, but mm. I just was not, I was not top of my class. So it was like loans, right? Mm. So I ended up going to the school where I was going to be in the least amount of debt getting out because I was like, listen, the last thing I want to do is start my life, you know, whatever. Like negative by the time you exactly. graduate, right? Yeah. So in doing that, the school that I went to didn't have a division one dance team. They didn't have a division one gymnastics team. And so I said, I'm either going to go big leap forward to the NFL or I'm going to go backwards and, you know, kind of plug along with people that aren't at my level. And so I shot into the NFL. I think I was just uh, naive enough to not know what I was getting myself into. Yes. Um, it was insane. It was awesome. It was such a great learning experience. I did that throughout college. It was 
such a good first segue into being on camera, working for a world-class organization, mm. networking with CEOs, carrying a really high level of responsibility, turning you know 18 years old, and went from there into my first sales career with the Fortune 500. Mm. And from the, what are some of the lessons that you've learned as a cheerleader, right? Um, in, in, and as, a, as an athlete to tr- that would transition, maybe some of those skill sets that transfer into the corporate world. Yeah. I mean, above all else, I would say number one, discipline, mm. right? If you don't train for your business the way that an athlete trains for their game, don't mm. expect to be at the top of the heap. That's number one, yes. right? So discipline above all else. And, and number two is playing a long game. Setting yourself up to be able to perform and and sustain high level performance for long periods of time, meaning, you know, making decisions in your business today that are going to impact you 15, you know, 20 years from now, making decisions about your health and your wellness that are going to put you living the life that you want to experience 10, 15 years from now. I think we live in a world of minute to minute decisions where Mm. people are head down, only thinking about today, which in turn creating a lot of decision-making that in fact backfires when it comes to what they're really trying to create in their lives. Correct. And sometimes people might, might, take a, a shortcut, right? A, a short-term solutions to a, to a long-term problem, right? Uh, yeah. I, to- I, totally, I totally agree with that. And it's, it's also interesting how sometimes they, I think, let's say as an employee, very often they focus on the two weeks, right? Or maybe a month, right? right? A month. And then as a manager, you might focus on every, every quarter, right? As an entrepreneur, you got to focus on one year, two year, three year, like a CEO, of course, like a 10 year, a 20 year goals, right? Yes. And, and what are some of the challenges in, in your career, in your sales career now in, in this big company, when you're now yeah. working with different people, what are some of the challenges that in the, in, in the beginning when you experience? Yeah. Well, I would say the first big thing was, you know, you sales is, is an interesting animal and you know you have to learn the language of sales right yes. you know everything's a no until you do the work and to, to create it as a yes right? I like it. yes and so for me the first big lesson was no is just not yet yes. and if you're selling to the right person it's always going to be the the persistence the frequency and the consistency that's going to get the sale right mm-hmm. it's not the most talented person it's not the person that has the best slide deck or the best pitch it's no. the person that can sustain over time, right? Yes. yes. That was learning. For me, I moved into management. I was blowing it out with sales. I was like 21 years old and I was just crushing the ball. And I think it was just, I had so much more fire because I yeah. didn't have a fallback plan. Like it was like, mm. I, I needed to make the money. Like I needed to be successful. There wasn't, I wasn't going to be turning to anyone else to help me out if I didn't make it. Yes. And I moved into management really quickly and I was like guns ablazing. Like I'm this young kid, right? So I start managing people like my parents' age and they were not having any of it, right? So when I first started, I was a terrible manager. Plus I had so much resistance from people. I had no patience. I wanted everyone to be just an animal the way that I was. And so as you can imagine, it didn't go well initially. You could imagine, yes. You you both those people, right? Type A, I I totally get it, right? Same with me. I came out of guns (laughs) blazing, right? Um, But I learned really, really quickly uh, the power 
of empowering people. And I learned really, really quickly the exponential results that you can get through others and how much more meaningful those results are than mm. what you could ever do as an individual. Mm. And so when, when that clicked for me, I really devoted like my heart and my soul to understanding, creating emotional connection with people mm. and mm. helping them to find their why and helping them to find the fire and, and just the power in making others successful. And that's how I really fell in love with leadership and building high performance teams. Got it. Got it. I definitely, I want to circle back to leadership. First, I want to kind of pick your brain on when you were selling and what were some of the things you were selling? Were you selling B2B, B2C or, or enterprise? B2B. B2B. Yeah, B2B. Yeah. But what was working for you? Like how did you become a top salesperson in the organization? Yeah. So a couple things. Number one, knowing your target. I think so many people are just all over the place. They're selling everything to everyone. For mm. me, I was extremely focused on, I wanted the cream of the crop. I wanted the best clients in the area. Mm. I knew every street, every business park, every corporation, every warehouse, like literally you could not take me down a street where I couldn't tell you, this is what's happening in that building. This is who they're using for the service in our industry, right? So it's like, know your target, Mm. Know your territory, define mm. your database, qualify them well. Mm. And then from there, it's like people are going to buy from one of the last three people that, that was in front of them at the time that it makes sense for them, right? Yes. So everybody thinks that sales is luck or that it's having the right, you know, magic phrase that they're going to say or, you know, that you're just this unbelievable, you know, personality. No, no, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's work ethic, it is work ethic. And I can't tell you how many people, and Dan, I'm sure you've had this experience in your life 100%. as well. So, you know, so many people I got into a meeting with and they're like, we had no reason to change providers. We weren't looking to make a change. They're like, you know, but your persistence and your commitment to mm. getting us to do business with you makes us want to do business with you because we want to have partnerships with people like you. Yes. And I think that's what people don't realize. We lost a little bit of that grit in our society. I think uh, Especially, I think sometimes the millennials, right, where they, they face a little bit of resistance and say, oh, I quit. This is too hard. I got, I got two no's today. Ooh, I, I, this, is, this is not the career for me, right? <laughs> I said, listen, I have Madison, my five-year-old, in training every day, and I, and I say to her when she's trying something new, I'm like, did you try it five times? Yeah. Did you try it 10 times? Did you try yeah. it 15 times? And I'm, I'm training her and I'm working on her brain every single day, building up that idea and that understanding that good things take time. You focus on repetition, get better, you know, keep improving, hone your skills because that short term mentality, it's kill. It's killing people. It's, mm. it's, you know, and, and I don't know where we lost it. I don't know if it was the internet or social media, you know, wanting the instant gratification, the validation, whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, that for me, coming from doing outside business to business sales and mm. then transferring in the online world, mm. that like that persistence and that hammering and that understanding of like what it takes to 
identify a target and not stop until you get there has been so, so powerful. And I try to do everything I can in shows like this, you know, to communicate that with people because Mm. anything that you want can be accomplished, but you have to want it bad enough to do the darn work, you know? Yes. Yes. And I think social media, I think social media has something to do with it. And it's easy to to see someone on social media that we follow. Oh, you know, she's so successful. Yes. He, he has this lifestyle. And, and people, it's very easy to be thinking, well, I, I could get there in, in, in two oh. months. Right? I could get there in, in one year. Like, I, I see, I get, I get like DM on Instagram too. Like, yeah. young kids, like, hey, Dan, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 19 years old. By the time I'm 20, I'm going to be a millionaire, right? Like, it's a lot of this versus I don't think they have a very clear idea what it takes. Mm-hmm. It's like someone saying, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be an, an Olympic, you know, athlete in 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 two years." Like they don't really have a, a clue what it takes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so so key. And then you actually said this at the beginning of the show, and I, I want to come back to it for a quick second. You know, there are no shortcuts, right? You're not going to be the first human in history that skips over what it takes to accomplish something meaningful in life because what you go through in the process of accomplishing that is what makes you capable of being that person. Like you literally can't skip over it because you won't be the person that can handle it and do it and be it if you yeah. don't go through that process. Yeah. That's what people don't get. Yeah. You know? and, and it's easy to say like when people think maybe, well, when I, once I become successful or once I become financial independence, then, yeah. you know, my problems would go away. Let me tell you this. Your problems <laughs> don't go away. You get bigger problems. Bigger. You get bigger problems. You have more things to worry about. You have more responsibility, right? It's the opposite yeah. of that. But now you are yeah. more equipped to, to handle that. That's the only difference. That I I couldn't agree more. I was having a a meeting with my team. We're sitting around the boardroom yesterday. And I said to them, you know, as we keep growing and we keep adding more people to our staff and our team, it's like, these are human lives that I'm responsible for. And I was explaining, you know, my role and what my levels of responsibilities to them, to our clients, to the greater community, to the world are. And I said, the stakes just keep going higher and higher, but you, you're better equipped, right? So, so the problems don't go away, um, but you're better equipped to handle them. But I also think, you know, whatever traits or characteristics you display when you're playing small, they're going to be the same traits and characteristics. I love it. Yes. Yes. So, so I mean, no doubt about it. I wrote about this in my book, Dan, and I think you'll Mm. appreciate this because you'll get exactly what I'm saying here. Mm. Uh, my first book, I wrote about how in my corporate career, I started my first entry-level position and I wore a suit every day. I came in full hair and makeup in a suit every day. And my colleagues would laugh and they would say, Kelly, why are you wearing a suit? You don't, why are you so, and I said, oh no, 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 you don't understand. I'm only here for a couple minutes. I am working for, you know, I, I was like, I'm I'm looking at the senior vice president role I'm going to have in a couple years. And I did, I got promoted seven times in eight years, but Mm. that's the difference, right? It's like, you have to be thinking and acting as if you are in that role now, or you're never going to be. And that's what people don't get. It's what you said, Dan. It's like, they're like, oh, well, I'll do that. You know, when I get there, right? When that shows up, that's when I'll be disciplined. That's when I'll do the things I don't want to do. Yes, yes. It's like I always teach all my students. That's why you know all my closers. I teach them to to dress well. You know, to look good. Because don't don't dress for the job that you have today. Just just for the job that you want. 
right? You want to you be a leader, you want to be a manager, you want to be a vice president, you want to be a CEO, dress like them today. I remember when I was uh, working, at, uh, making minimum wage in a, in a supermarket, right? So I was a, a grocery beggar, like the ones yeah. who, like, you yeah. know, check out, right? Yeah. So even at that job, and I hated that job, right? Because I don't feel like that's, that fulfills my purpose and potential. However, I was so darn good at the job. I didn't half-ass. I was giving 100%. And I would, I would be a, 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 a double, like, grocery bagger, meaning usually they work one lane, I can work two lanes, right? Yes, I love it. I'm so, I'm so efficient. Like, I, I'm going back and forth. Like, you know, so, yeah, it, it's like, like that, right? It's that kind of thing where even a job that I hate it, but I perform with excellence as a professional, right? Because it's not about the job. It's about who am I saying about me, Right. And from there, that, that, that discipline, that grit, that like, I cannot half ass something. It's just not in my personality, right? So much power in that. And it's like, you set your life up in that moment of yeah. how you treated that job. That's Someone right. could have looked at you in that job. And I look at young kids now and you can tell, right? Yeah. Like you, that you kid can go in some places. It. Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely see it. It's really interesting that you brought up about that because I think there's so much to learn in, in every role and every position in life. I remember one of my like 18 jobs that I had during college because I was always working so many jobs. I get it. I get it. Jobs that I did. I was, um, a cocktail waitress at the bars, right? I would serve drinks. And the, one of the biggest learnings of my life was I started that job and I was bringing home, I mean, I'm talking, I would bring home wads of cash this thick. Because right? a, a lot of tips, right? I hustled my face off. I didn't stop the entire night. And these girls would be sitting around complaining at the end of the night. They'd be closing up the bar and they'd be like, ah, I only made 50 bucks tonight. And I'd be like, ah, I made 350, yeah. you know? And it was one of the biggest learnings of my life because we had put in the exact same hours doing the exact same job and one girl was working with $50 at the end of the night and I was walking with 350 and it was the difference between it wasn't how much time we had. It wasn't the job that we were doing. It was what we did with the time that we had. And I think as entrepreneurs, there's a lot of time excuses, Mm. right? But there's some people that make a million dollars an hour and there's some people that make not even $10 an hour because they spend their time doing things that Right. Yeah. So I think these mindsets of like how you do something is how you do anything is so big. Right. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. And and I also want to talk about when you, let's say when you come across companies, right. And I always describe in any companies that it's like this bucket, right. And we all, every single company, doesn't matter how big, how small you have these like holes, you don't know it. You keep like, Oh, let let me get more customers. Right. Let me, let me pour more water into it. But yeah. what are some of the, the leaking profits that from your experience that you see when you, when you go into a company, when you work with a company, what are some of the areas you would first like look at? Oh my gosh. And it, what's crazy is, and I work with people from startup through major corporations yes. and you would think that the major corporations would be more advanced than the entrepreneurs. No, not true. It's not true. It's not true at all. No, no, it's so funny, but it's, it's fun though for people like us, right? Because you can go in and you can like present yeah. this like brilliant solution that can make them millions of dollars in five yeah. minutes. And they're like, thank you. And you're like, it's, right? it's right in front of you. Yeah. It's right in front of you. So, I mean, number one is focusing on lifetime value of the customer. 
Yes. No one is focused on lifetime value of the customer anymore. Everyone's focused on how do I go get more, 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 more. Mm. And people are just cycling and churning through because clients and, and customers aren't focused on providing that exceptional white glove concierge service. They're not focused on how do you take someone through an ascension of offers where they keep spending more and more and staying longer and longer where there's a greater and greater pain of disconnect. Right. Instead, they're just like, okay, we got them in, go get the next one and they forget we just worked for sometimes in some cases a year two years three years to acquire this customer and you know they're just losing so much money on that so that's an easy one mm. right and mm. that's something that entrepreneurs and big business alike can easily put additional focus on and see results immediately from mm -hmm. right another one is just focusing on being in regular contact with your own customers and your past ones. The yeah. most basic play in the entire business rule book. It's the most easy, obvious thing. Uh, no one does it. No yeah. one does it. I take on a new client. The first thing that I do is talk about those two things um, and add, what are you doing? You know, what, what kind of, you know, quality assurance, what type of follow up and follow through, what type of gifting engagement, re-engagement are you doing with your own customers? Almost nothing. Mm. We've totally lost sight of that. That used to be what businesses were built on, right, Dan? Yes. That yes. used to be what businesses are built on. Not anymore. Not anymore. Right? Not anymore. Um, so that's an easy one. Millions and millions of dollars. And then past customers, like, no one even talks about past customers anymore. Like, like following up with people that we've worked with before who already know, like, and trust us, it just so happened to be in an off moment in their buying cycle or track competitor who they're now probably disenchanted with that, you know, they could easily get back on board. That's a strategy that businesses completely skip over altogether. I talk to businesses and business owners every single day that that's not even a part of their strategy. Mm. And that's ignoring like 25% of where your easy growth can be coming from every yeah. month. Mm. And because they've already done business with you, then they, they like you and trust you. Sometimes it's just, you haven't been talking to them for a while. Right, you don't know what yeah. like it's, it's like a friend, right? Like you, you, like you guys were best friends, best best buddies, right? And then you used to hang out a lot, and now maybe two different jobs, two different cities, and you don't talk as much. But when you pick up the phone, when you talk to them, you know, shoot them a quick message, make the connection. Oh, hey, how's it going? When you come into your city? Like, when am I coming to your city? Right? Like then you hang out. It's exactly like that. It, and these are unbelievably simple things. Like I'm talking, this is like a quick phone call, a one-line email, a text message, a, yeah. a message in social media. I mean, these are the simplest plays in the book. And yet what I see and said, Dan, is entrepreneurs and business owners and business leaders killing themselves with these like mega complex automation mm. tools and 75-step funnels and, you mm. know, very deep you know, cycles that they're building out. I see these people with their flow charts and all of that is great mm. if you have the basics dialed in yeah. and you're actually like running profitable with like the center of the circle. That's but right. it's like I always explain if there's like a target where it's like your easiest money is in the center of the circle for fast yeah. sustainable growth. And yeah. then there's like layers out. Like I see people, they're, they're focusing on layer eight, but they're not even touching on the center of the bullseye. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Kind of, kind of the low-hanging yeah. fruit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You focus on that. It's interesting you brought it up because like for, like for within, within my organization, I was just having my team meeting like for last month, right? I was, I was giving the team the mandate about, okay, we're growing, we're like we're in hyper growth, 
But I said, let's not lose sight on some of the basic things, exactly what you're talking about, right? So instead of just like more, let's optimizing what we have, right? Yes. So we looked at the basic things like, okay, what's the opening uh, rate or, you know, for emails? Can, can, we, can we improve the quality of the email? Can we improve the, 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 the messaging? Like, base, like, like, like you said, basic, basic things. Like the most basic things are, or our DM comment on, on Instagram. Can we improve on that? Do we need a lead on that to, to lead the project? Like those new things where I, I know it's, if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, that's not sexy. Like give, give, me, give me the latest social media platform that no one knows about. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like saying, hey, buy, buy Amazon stock or buy, buy Apple stock. Oh, I don't, want, I don't want that, right? No, no, no. Give, give me a penny stock that no one's ever heard of. I want to buy that, right? Yes, yes. No, it's, it's amazing. And it's so funny because everybody's looking for the silver bullet and everybody's looking for the magic. Yeah. And the magic, and I say this all the time, the magic is in the mastery Yes. Of the basics that are just like you just said, Dan, yep. they're not the sexy, fun, exciting silver no. bullets. No. It is mastery. It is the mastery of the basics yes. doing them exceptionally well. And yes. Then, and then scaling and replicating. Right? Yes. And, and, and you then, can try new things and have some fun. Yeah, you can, yeah 100%. You can do a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's this mastery that takes time that people feel because the challenge is, you know, Kelly, sometimes when you're working on mastery, you don't see any results. Like, yeah, you're working on the basics. Yeah. You're working on, it's like an athlete, right? You, you're training, you're training. I don't, I don't see anything. I, I don't think I, I'm not experiencing exceptional growth, exceptional skill improvement. But when you do it day in and day out and day in and day out, what you want to talk about the consistency over a long period of time, suddenly when you are in a competition, right? When you're in a tournament, when you're in a, in a contest, then that comes through. That's yes. what you know. Oh, I, I, I know where the 10,000 hours went. This is when it shows up, right? Yeah, no, you are so right. You are so right. And, and just to add to that, you know, I think everybody wants those big, huge, fast wins, that Hail Mary that's going to change everything for them. But what people don't realize is 1%, a hundred days in a row is a hundred percent. Yeah. So that means that if you can just have a sustained effort at improving something a tiny bit each day for three months, that's not a lot to ask. Yes. Right? yes. For three months, you have a sustained focus. I'm going to improve our Instagram conversion rate for three months and focus on the fundamentals of what we are doing on Instagram. Yes. Is it worth it to you if you can have a hundred percent improvement three months from now, but mm -hmm. people, people it, that five minutes in, they're like, up, oh, we didn't, you know, yeah. Instagram didn't blow up. I don't have another 50,000 followers. I'm on to the next thing. Right. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's just very true. I remember when I started even my, we're going to talk about a little bit about the celebrity status and how do you create that online? I remember when I first upload my first few videos on YouTube, I upload and I would get only a few views, right? Like 10, 20 views. And you wonder to yourself, like, is, is people watching my stuff? Like, how come no one's watching my stuff? How come I spend so much time creating this stuff and nobody watching my stuff? Like, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt, right? And, and is, but now when you upload something, oh, you, you get a lot of engagement, right? The fans love your work. The audience loves your work. But in the beginning, it was, it was very, very difficult. It took years, a few years um, to get to that point, right? 
So talk to us a little bit about like how, what did you do to, to create that celebrity status online or branding online? Like what are, what are, what's your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think there's two different sides of it. So, I, I mean, I think the first thing is, is people will show up for you when you show up for them. Yeah. Right. And so when you make a decision about a platform that you want to engineer your celebrity on, you have to commit with tenacity to mm. that platform yes. and, and commit to it over a period of years. When I started my podcast in 2015, I said to my team, literally, I said, we will be working on this podcast for the next 20 years. I said, mm. we will work to improve this podcast for the next 20 years. And that was my mindset. And so in every decision that we're making with the podcast, it's like, this is something we're going to work out for 20 years. And, and that's become like a huge centerpiece of our celebrity online. Right? Mm, mm. So, you know, I think number one, your mindset going into it and, and your commitment to the tenacity that you're going to have in showing up and delivering immense, immense value for your audience you can't expect them to have a higher level of commitment to showing up for you than what you have for them. If you're going to dabble, then expect them to dabble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's number one is that mindset. But I think number two is your energy with which you create it. And this is, this is the part I think people have a harder time with mm. energetically. If you are coming into creating content and engineering celebrity online with an extraction mindset of, I'm going to check this box and I'm going to keep checking this box because this is what I need to do. Oh, I want, want, no. want, 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 no, right? That doesn't and work then, at all. You know, someone yeah. told them that this is what they're supposed to do yeah. or they see other people doing this and so they're doing it. But yeah. energetically, they're not like, in the magic they're not like yeah. in the moment like so invested and so present in what they're doing yeah. that their genius and that their brilliance is magnetizing people to them mm. and you can't fake it you yeah. can't fake it like it's either there or it's not and when i look at our facebook group and just the magnetism and that's like tribe of unstoppables for us is like that that's like our hub right mm -hmm. and when i look at that you can you come in the group and you immediately feel the magnetism of the energy mm. there. but that's because of our level of commitment right mm -hmm. and, and you see that on youtube because you've been committed and dedicated and working mm. at it and delivering for your audience for years now yeah right you didn't say, ah, you know, I'll throw a slap up a video. I'll, I'll upload three videos and see how this works, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and I think, and the third thing I'll say is giving without measuring the value of what you're doing mm. in, in the validation of someone else. Because yes. I think when you wait for validation from anything outside of yourself, it impacts your ability to perform at the highest level. You yeah. have to work to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be and create content that you believe adds immense value to the world mm. that, that really showcases how you can help people at the highest level and go in with that mindset of like, I'm here to deliver no matter what. And ultimately mm. I trust that that will bring that return for me. Again, mm. I think there's so much of an extraction mindset mm. that it crushes the creativity and the energy mm. that creates the magnetism that that celebrity comes from. Do you agree, Dan? What do you see? A hundred percent because just as you're speaking, I'm thinking about because I've launched a couple of podcasts in the past, right? And they didn't tick off like what we have the Dan Lock show today. The reason is like, well kind of I talk and I interview some people. Yeah. The energy wasn't there. Right. The energy wasn't there. Right. I felt like I felt like it's something that I should do, 
mm-hmm. that are kind of obligated to do. But I wasn't 100% like versus all the other social media. So then uh, when I decided to launch the Dan Lok Show, again, like a relaunch of, okay, we're yeah. going to do a podcast. We'll do it properly. And I, and I said to myself and I said to my team, I said, okay, I don't care if no one listens to like one episode. That's it. I'm going to do it. Because I, this time, I'm going to talk to people that, that, that I want to talk to. I want to learn from. I want to, like, I would want to engage. I, mean, it, it, I could do it all day without feeling like, oh, okay, here we go. Here's another show I got to do. Like, no, if, if that's the energy you bring, it doesn't work. It, it just, it would never work. That is the secret right there. And it's the fact that you relaunched and you were like, you know what? Like, I am just going to be pure in the creation of something freaking amazing and I don't care. And then you do it and you commit to it and you show up. And then obviously you guys have just freaking it's blown up. It's it's unbelievably wildly successful, but it's because the energy that you went into it with. Right. And the energy then brought in more amazing connections and guests and they wanted to be in the show. And, yeah. and like, it's, you have this very like snowball effect, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's great. Like I, like, I, like, this is great. I get to talk to, sit yeah. down, meet amazing entrepreneurs. We talk about like projects and their experiences. Like I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. Like yeah. it's great. And I meet so many new friends like through this, like this is how I meet new people. It's amazing. It's awesome. I'm like, this is so awesome. Right. Cause sometimes yeah. without a show, it's like, Oh yeah, let's, we should meet and we should talk. And like, so anyone I meet, like, oh, busy. yeah, like let, bo- everyone is busy, right? Let us bring me on a show. Let's get to know each other, but we turn a camera and we do a show. Yes. It, it's beautiful. Yes. It's really, really beautiful. Okay. But, but if anyone, you're, you're watching this and you think, oh, Kelly has a show, has a podcast, Dan has a podcast, I should jump into a podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, and you think, oh, I'm going to do a few episodes and, and then my, my funnel will be full and, and my, my appointments book will be full. No. 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 It's not how it works, yeah. right? Yeah. It, you cannot approach it like that. No. Uh, and especially if you think of it, you will get leads, don't get me wrong. But if yeah. you approach it as a lead generation, like a, it's not an ad. You're not running an ad. You run an ad, you run an ad. Right. This doesn't work that way. Yes. It's, it's a different yes. thing. And I think that's what you talk about, the delayed gratification. People don't understand that. Yes. Yep. It's, like, it's so important. And it's, it's really taking your power back. Yes. You take your own power back when you have enough self-control and enough self-discipline. And self-esteem. Set, mm-hmm. Yes, and self-esteem. And self-esteem to set long-range goals mm. and believe in yourself and follow through until completion. Like, that's everything in life. When you master that, that then impacts your health, your relationships, your wealth, your business, your team, your family, your happiness, everything. Mm. But when you're, when you're reliant on short-term instant gratification and validation from something outside of yourself, that's when you get in yeah. trouble. Yeah. And it's, 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 that's when I think people are using social media wrong, Yeah. right? When they, they get the, like, it's, it's nice to get the likes and stuff like that. But I think it's, we, we need to start with liking ourselves in the morning, right? Mm. That if you, you get the like, that's cool. You don't, that's like uh, the more and more you are involved and more you promote your brand. It's like you want to do your best, but you're not attached. I know it's very difficult yes, to do. Yes, I, I totally agree. I know it's very difficult to do. But I think that also comes, Dan, from working on skill mastery instead of hope. Yes. Because to me, 
I don't give a crap how any one post or video or podcast or lead. No one thing matters how that one thing performs. One person says this, one comment says that. Like, right. When you yeah. focus on mastery of the skills that matter, yeah. you have ultimate confidence that you yes. ultimately can pull the levers to get to where you need to be. And it's not an emotional roller coaster. It's like, if this, then that you problem solve mm. and you keep moving forward. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think also goes back to knowing your values and, and yourself as yes. well. Right. Um, yes. And one yes. funny, it's funny you mentioned because one of the core values I have four or five core values in my company. One of the core values is high performance. That's, that's one of the core values. Uh, and, and when we interview any new applicants, I ta- tell them about this. Like that's our fourth core values, one of the core values, high performance. And I say, chances are you don't understand what this means. Because <laughs> you, have no you have, like, you think, like, I, I'm not talking about, like, if you think, oh, I'm high performance and I, I put in the effort, I say, no, you don't understand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Until you're in my company, you have no clue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I tell every, it's funny. I tell everyone the first 90 days is going to be hell. It yes. Is I, hell. I tell them the same. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like you, you'll probably quit. Uh, it, yeah. It's, it's, you will not, you have not been in the organization working at this kind of pace and speed. Yeah. And they're That's, like, nah, I can handle it. Yeah, Let's see. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Right. After like a week, like, oh, this is crazy. Like, what is this? Like, what have I gotten myself into? Anyone who yes. passes the 90 days, then they're good. Yes. They're good. It's yes. true. Can you also talk, maybe talk to us about the three pillars of profit, uh, profitability? I want, to, I want yeah. to ask you about that because I think that's one, kind of the key framework that you teach as well, right? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about pricing, first mm. of all, because I think entrepreneurs in particular have this like there's an epidemic amongst entrepreneurs of underpricing and thinking that they're going to grow their business more quickly because they're undercharging. Thank you. Um, Yes. That's what I've been obviously saying. Yes. 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 And so I think that's, that's always where I like to start because what you don't realize is where you price your business is where you're positioning your, your value. Right. And so, you know, I, I always say you'll grow so much faster at a higher price point than you will a lower one because when you position yourself at a lower level, now people perceive you as not as good of a solution. Mm. Right. Because yep. It's like, well, why does Dan only charge, you know, blah, 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 when, yeah. you know, so-and-so. Oh, okay. Because he must be more of an amateur and this is the more advanced person to work with. Mm. People don't get that connection. Right. So I think yeah. pricing is a huge piece of that. Love it. Obviously your people, right? Mm. Profitability comes from the ability to build a high performance team in which every single person is a profit producing entity that not only covers what they cost, but brings in multiples of what it is that the organization is investing to have them there. And I see that as a huge, huge issue amongst entrepreneurs. And it's one of the reasons why people don't want to build teams because they've had this horrible experience hiring people that cost them money and it backfired and this and that. But that's because they didn't know how to lead. That's because their company didn't have systems in place. It's because they didn't set their people up for success, right? Mm, if you yes. set people up for success and you engineer their ability to make you money because the way that you structure their time and their role, mm. then the chances are a lot higher that the people are going to perform. Yes. And I tell entrepreneurs all the time, don't be afraid. If you hire the right people, they won't cost you money. They, they, would, they would make you money, mm-hmm. right? It's only when you hire the wrong people, the wrong people in the wrong seat, then it's like, ugh. 
right? And then you have one bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I always use this metaphor. I think you appreciate this. It's, oh, dad, I don't want to hire another person. Like I had a horrible experience. He doesn't perform. And he was like, I try to motivate the guy. He doesn't, he doesn't like, it just doesn't get out of company. He doesn't care like I do and, and things like that. I always tell them, have you ever had a bad meal? They said, yeah. Do you still eat? Yeah, exactly. Right? Right? That's what it is, right? You can't just have one one incident and say, oh, I'm not going to hire people anymore, or then they restrict their growth, right? Yeah. So so pricing people, is there another one? And and then process, which under process, I put like your business model, your positioning of your brand, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of those things as it relates to infrastructure and, and picking the right target market, having mm. the right marketing and sales systems in place, like the way that you do business, the way that you go to market, which matters by the way. And I think that um, in entrepreneur world online, so much that didn't carry over from like Fortune 500 and from corporations mm. around like modeling and infrastructure and really understanding like a go-to-market strategy that's effective and scalable, like it matters. It matters, right? And I think people say, well, I'm a startup or I'm not at six figures or I'm not at seven figures. So I'll look at that when I get there. And it's like, no, you won't get there if you don't start with that, right? Yes. Yes. It's It's a chicken and egg. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's, and it's, it's also fascinating to see, I think a lot of, especially in the internet marketing space on the online mm-hmm. space, um, I notice a lot of pe- entrepreneurs that they, they have a product or they have followers. And I always tell them there's a big difference between a money-making and a business, right? That you, mm-hmm. you have a money-maker, like you, you have a digital product you're selling online. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. not a business. No. You've got a product. Right. Oh, I, I have a Facebook page. Uh, I, I do some sponsorship. That, that's not a business. It's a money maker. Oh, by the way, the right. whole world is going to be different like six months from now. And whatever product you think that you have is yeah, probably going to be irrelevant. Irrelevant. Right? And it's going to be, it's going to be out of date or you have yes. someone knock off your product or things like that. Yes. Like it's, it's changing all the time. Right. And yes. the thing is interesting because that's, I think the reason it's because the low barrier entry, anybody can start, but no one can sustain. It's fair if you put this esteem. And and over the years, I've observed even in the online space, a lot of them don't stick around. No, they don't. They really, really don't. And, and that's what I say to my clients all the time. I say, you guys don't realize that once you obtain any level of reasonable success, there are very few competitors. Very few. People yep. think it's so hard to compete and it's so saturated. Yeah, down at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> down yeah. at the bottom it is because there's no barrier to entry. Yeah. Once you're in multiple eight, you know, you know, multiple seven, multiple eight, there's yeah. so few people at that level that like if so you true. can't figure out how to differentiate and compete, like yeah. that's kind of on you. It's very true. And because it's like when I went into the YouTube space, one of the reasons why I chose YouTube because I noticed in the entire YouTube space, uh, in, in the business category, there are only a handful of people. Smart. Really like, smart. Oh, like we yeah. only four or five that has any significant, significant, I mean, maybe yeah. at a time, like close to a million stuff, not even a million, yeah. but close to, only three or four brands, Super right? Smart. Yeah. So that's when I said, okay, if I, I would go all in and focus, given time, consistency, I think I could be a fourth one. Yeah. yeah. That, that was it, right? Smart. That was so it. Good. 
And, and then now, of course, then we bypass each the, uh, the brand, the reach, and, and yeah. that's what I knew. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, we'll do this, we'll try it. When I commit, Kelly, when I commit, say, okay, I tell the team, we're going to do a video every damn day. Yeah. Yeah. If, can you imagine a video every single day? Yeah. I don't think you understand how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. How many, how many shows you've done on you for your podcast? Oh, gosh. I think we're at almost episode 500 now. We're close to 500 episodes in. Yeah. Right. And do you know when, when was the tipping point that you felt like, okay, now we are we're getting momentum. Like, is it after a hundred, after 50, after like, I never feel like that, Dan. (laughs) My podcast is number one, the number one marketing podcast. And we are staying there. I will never feel that way. And I think it's like, it's, it's almost like an athlete. The second thing you're like, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, well, we're good. We're good. Right. That's what it's, guys, we need to double down. Right. Like, so yeah, I'll never feel that that way. I love it. I, I like that. I like staying challenged. I like staying committed to that long-term vision and, and yeah. always having a higher vision for what more we can create. You know? Yes, yes. One, one of my like, heroes in, in, in the entrepreneurial world is Jack Ma from Alibaba, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love Jack Ma. I, I watch his stuff. I read, read all his books. Uh, I remember on YouTube, one time he was talking about, like this after it went public in, in, in the stock yeah. exchange. Uh, people ask him, what, how do you feel like every day when you go to work, like Alibaba, you know what he said? He said, I feel like I'm walking on thin ice. Yeah. Smart. Uh, I'm like, Smart. if Jack Ma feels like he's walking on thin ice, <laughs> right? Exactly. And that's exactly why he's having he's, success. That's, that's exa- exactly why he's Jack Ma, I guess, right? It's yep. unbelievable exactly versus right. those people. Oh yeah, I'm making six figure. I've got a laptop lifestyle. I'm, I'm cool. I'm I'm chilling, right? Yes, that's exactly it. You won't be chilling for long. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. And and I did a show about this uh, recently too. You know, the art of reinvention. Ah, yes. With the speed of how things are changing, like if you're not working on skill acquisition and strengthening your ability to pivot quickly and, and if you don't understand that, what we do today won't even exist a couple of years from now. You're, no. you're totally missing. Yeah. The mark, right? It's very, so very it's, true. It's not even, even if you don't have a dream of being the top of your field, if you just want to be earning a decent income, survival of a lifetime, you need to be thinking this way. It doesn't matter no. what level you want to play at. If you want to be in the game, yeah. you have to start thinking this way. Yes. I think one of the most profound questions you can ask as an entrepreneur yourself, if you're listening to this is what could put you out of business? Who could put you out of business? It's not about just positive thinking. I'm talking about accurate thinking. Yeah. 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 What, what, what are some of the factors and forces yeah. that could put you out of business? Um, yeah. My mind, how my mind works is I would look at that and I would think it's just crazy. <laughs> I, I would go there and I would, I would don't need to wait for someone to put to destroy the model I have. I would destroy my own model, right? Uh-huh. So then you, uh-huh. I reinvent. It, it's yeah. like when I when I explain this to entrepreneurs, they're like, "This is crazy." Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They can't. Call, like, what do you mean this is my baby? Yeah, I know, but this will work. Uh, right? uh, yeah. it, it's a That's different amazing. way of thinking. It's a way of thinking. It's so, awesome. Kelly, I want to uh, ask you for like, if you have to leave one thought to let's say, begin entrepreneurs. Uh, someone actually you know what let me ask you this if you could go back let's say go back and speak to your uh, uh 
uh, time travel to your younger self. Yes. Okay. When you were just getting started, maybe you just got into the corporate world, uh, what would you say to yourself? Well, first things first, I would have started my business way sooner. So like oh, okay. I didn't even start my business until I was late 20s, I think. I wish I had started it when I was 14. Like literally, I will try to get my daughter, the second that she is like legally able to earn money, like I'm going to be like, listen, what business are you starting? I will help you. <laughs> Let's go, right? Let's go. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think the other thing is just fail big, fail fast. Don't worry about validation from anyone. Like get mm. out there and grind and, and just be willing to try and, and mm. stop trying to do things in a vacuum or, or come out of the gate doing them perfectly or, mm. you know, get it right the first time yeah. because learn so much faster by doing in the real world than you ever can in a vacuum. And I think that's where we kind of stand in our own way because we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to fail publicly and we want to try and figure so much out before we do it, but you mm. can't figure out anything without doing yes. it. Yes. And the great thing about if you're listening to this, if you're like in your twenties, your mid twenties, like even thirties, you, you're young. Like the, the greatest advantage you have is, is youth. Yes. You, you can fail. You got time, right? So much time. Right? Well, if you're, you're 60, 70, you're like, oh, you fail. You don't have as much time, right? But you know, when you're 20 years old, it's okay. Fail. Who cares, right? Absolutely. Nobody cares. So it's okay. Right. right? I, I love it. Kelly, if uh, my, my fans, my audience wants to find out more about what you do, uh, what's the best way to connect? Like your social media or your website? Um, can you share yeah. some resources with us? Definitely. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I would say Unstoppable Success Radio. So we do a new show every week that is really focused on strategy to help entrepreneurs learn how to build more quickly online and to have the right skills and mindset to do it. So mm -hmm. check out the show. Yes. And, and I'm, all, I was, I'm on it. I was just, I guess. Yes, Dan was just on it. He did an amazing, yes. amazing show. I'm so thankful to have you on. And uh, we hang out in the Tribe of Unstoppables, which is my private Facebook group. And that's nice. where I do a lot of my like live teachings and trainings and hang out with my crew. So so come on yes. over the tribe. Yeah. So Facebook, they can search for the Unstoppable yeah. Tribe, right? Got yeah, it. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And then uh, you have a website too, right? CalibrageCoaching.com. Yes. Grab a copy of one of the books over there. The books are so much power. You unlock It is coming up soon. Unlock I know. It is something coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. And, and I, I love the conversation because I think That's you and I, awesome. we... we we have so much values that we think so much alike. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what you said, I, I totally, I believe in it's, it's what we do as well. So yeah. great mind things. Like I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. This is an awesome conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. That's it for today's episode of the Dan Lok Show. Head over to the danlockshow.com and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. You are guaranteed to expand your thinking, your network, and your network. So be sure to subscribe to the show today. Dan also has a gift for you. Go to www.danlockshow.com because there are bonuses when you subscribe.